I got it! When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four! I built a labyrinth. Can you believe this? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute, the podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 69, Gordon keeps running as the chrysalis animates. To tackle Minute 69, we have Andy Nelson and Pete Wright of the Next Real Podcast. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Did I promise? Did I promise to my second? It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. I get a few words from you before you go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the mystery movie by minute. In this particular case, we're talking about Dave Made a Maze, and we, Pete and Andy, from the Next Real Film Podcast and Marvel Movie Minute, are talking about Minute 69. That's right. The very special Minute 69. Hi, everybody. Andy's seen this whole movie. He knows how everything fits. I still have not seen this movie. I have no idea how everything fits. And Minute 69 makes me super anxious. It's Things are getting real. What is going on? What is going on? We see Dave. We get a glimpse of Dave in this minute. Uh, but we also have Andy. Okay. Last time I was already bought into the cardboard. Uh, and, and I thought that that was funny. And the fact that there's this fantastical space inside the Harry Potter sack that is this magic tent of cardboard that Dave made. And everybody's in there, including a film crew now. But now we get this and we get Jeff from Chuck is in there. And we get a Minotaur is in there. Didn't see that coming. And Dave and some members of the crew are mesmerized by a wackadoo zoetrope, 3D zoetrope. Yes. Talk to me what about this minute. in God's name God. is happening in this movie? This movie, like between minute 27 and minute 69, it came 24, completely off the rails. 24, 24, 24. It came completely off the rails. Yes, as movies are wont to do. It's definitely going in directions that you didn't see coming, right? I believe back when we were talking last, you were hoping that this would kind of take a lawnmower man turn yeah. and that Dave would actually have become the maze. And here they would like be exploring that. This technology is peeled back a layer to reveal another universe. Virtual reality will grow. Just as the telegraph grew to the telephone. As the radio to the TV, it will be everywhere. You're having delusions, Job. Struggle for reason. I'm going back to VSI to complete the final stage of my evolution. I'm going to project myself into the mainframe computer. I'll become pure energy. Once I've entered the neural net. My birth cry will be the sound of every phone on this planet ringing in unison. Listen to what you're saying. The first sign of psychosis is a Christ complex. Cybercrime. 
it seems like I'm close. Like Dave is somehow mesmerized or hypnotized into his own maze, and that that is the kind of the function of this fancy zoetrope. And the zoetrope, it looks like we only get a we get a, a glimpse of it with it looks like a king uh, character from a playing card, and it's like stabbing stabby mc stabby mcking. Uh, and then at the end of the minute, the, the Zotrope starts to lift up and we actually see, I think, is that the Minotaur underneath the second little figure is underneath that? Well, we should even take that farther back because the very beginning of our minute, we have Annie mesmerized by what looks to be kind of a flower part of this Zotrope as it's spinning and she's right. That's the top. It's beautiful. Okay. So she's like like hypnotizing her, right? And, uh, and yes, we'll, we'll talk about the stuff that we're cutting to with Gordon running around. And the Minotaur, but when we cut back, we have Dave. It's it. This is like the climactic end of of a movie when like the lightning flashes are happening everywhere. Clearly, magic is in the air and things are going to be destroyed. This is the poltergeist ending when the tornado comes and takes the house away, right? <laughs> Except in and this James, particular case. So what's awesome is James Urbaniak is sitting there just filming the whole thing on his cell phone. Like we don't already have the film crew documenting this thing, but he has to or capture. Or do we? Are they gone? We don't have the cameraman. Are they gone? All we see is the sound man. Is that why he's filming oh, it now? Whoa. Because, oh, somebody died. <laughs> oh, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Cameraman, we hardly knew ye. But uh, yes, we, we, we have the director now shooting it on his phone. And the sound man is still there, still recording. And, uh, it's, it's beautiful. But yeah, it's, it's that crazy lightning's happening. We get some interesting music that has kind of a, uh, Middle Eastern sort of vibe. Something's going on with kind of the, it's a, it's a gypsy sound like we're gonna start dancing or something, right? Well, that's kind of what it feels like, right? We were in the, the whole Minotaur thing. Speaking of, uh, I mean, it takes me back to Time Bandits. That's the last time I felt like there was a Minotaur chasing somebody <laughs> in a movie that I, I feel like I was connected to. Um, and so that's the, that's the vibe I get. The Minotaur is like cardboard Minotaur though. His, his Minotaur head is, all made of cardboard, which I think on, is on a man body. I mean, on it a still man is body, the right. yeah, right. Uh, but you're right. The music is great. The music by the Mondo Boys, um, uh, which uh, I, I actually I think is great. I wish, <laughs> I wish I'd heard more than sixty seconds of it. Well, it's this we get. So we get. You're right. It is. It is in the this little three D zoetrope we have spinning around. We've got the the stabby McStaberstein King as he's kind of uh, doing his little dance. It's it's nice to actually see that they put together this whole. 3D zoetrope as the centerpiece of this maze that they get to. Um, but it's also that mystery climactic ending. Aside from the lightning, you have the wind whipping everybody's hair around, right? Yeah. <laughs> Something is going on, right? Yeah. They're in like a vortex. This is the vortex. It's the hell mouth. This is the hell mouth <laughs> of the card. Yeah. Will they be able to solve the puzzle or something? That's kind of this moment that we're seeing. Right. Except Dave seems un- relatively unscathed. He's just looking around and mesmerized by the lights and everything. Because Dave is the maze. <laughs> it's the lawnmower man. That this is, is the him. case that I'm trying to make we you are guys. In his brain. Uh, but we, I, I gotta go back just a little bit to Scott Krinsky because this is the one, the one problem I have. And I don't know if it's an, if it's an editing thing or what, but we have, um, Krinsky, what's, uh, Krinsky's character is, uh, uh, Leonard, right? Leonard is running around through the maze and he's having this conversation and he, it looks like he's just talking to somebody. Then he sees the blades. And the blades are like swinging around, but I'm not quite sure where they are in perspective to him. And then it cuts to Gordon and the next cut and, and he is being eviscerated by these cardboard blades in a torrent of silly string 
and paper, <laughs> like shredded red paper. Right. What's that all about? That's it's a jump. That's a death. weird jump edit that I I wasn't keen on. Well, we know there's booby traps. We learned that in minute twenty four when we see Jane step on a booby trap. We never get to find out what we happens. See to what Jane. happens. Actually, at the end of minute thirty eight, Leonard found Jane's severed head, and she looked very much dead. Yeah, but are um, all the? That's what I'm asking. Are all of the cuts to the violence in this thing? Are all of them slightly jump? edits that that sort of violate continuity i don't recall i can't remember from from the other deaths okay because this one this one does so in a way that i find distracting well i will say you don't see jane here at the ending so just as just to wait to to spill the beans now wait now that we're at minute 69 jane does get killed (laughs) back there from her booby trap sorry to i I am ruin that for you not to spoil anything further down the road but also at this point Greg has been killed, and Bryn has either been killed or turned into cardboard and then exploded, so killed. And of course, Cameraman just fell down into a deep pit and is presumed dead. It is tragic. and But clearly, Gordon knows how to avoid these things because he rounds this corner and he sees these cardboard wheels of death spinning his way, yeah. and he has time to stop, pause check the Minotaur, which is chasing him, and then go a different route. So he's really good at navigating this crazy place. Whereas Leonard clearly has no clue what he's doing, and he's just wandering around aimlessly, and we see him about, what, 20... It's about 30 seconds in, right? And he's clearly talking to somebody, although we don't know who. He's talking to himself. I got one. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze, I was like... No, he is answering the question he was asked by Harry a long time ago. And then he sees the blade of death swinging around. He clearly has no clue what he's doing like like Gordon does. Right. And yeah, that blade just comes right in at him. Well, and then after that after that cut, when he when Gordon jumps out of frame, the Minotaur is running toward the Blades of Death, and the Blades of Death, we're in Blade of Death POV. Yeah. Uh, blade of Death Cam. And Gordon runs the other way, then we cut back to Dave, and that's where Dave is in his in, in the zone. He's in the Zotrope zone. Right. And uh, we don't know what's going on in his head as they watch this go. But everybody is clearly impacted by the zoetrope, uh, the stabby McStaverstein zoetrope. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen a 3D zoetrope, but when they're full spin and the lights are are uh, strobing just right and you see it look like animated stuff actually happening before your eyes, it is pretty mesmerizing. There's that fantastic Toy Story one at uh, Disney California Adventure. There's the uh, get animated one that goes around to the different animation um, yeah. museum tours and whatnot. Um, they're they're really cool to see, and and uh, I don't know, I, I I can see why Dave might be mesmerized by this thing. Well, and then I, I but well, yeah. here's the question I have for you: Did Dave make this? Because the way that he's looking at it, it doesn't seem like he realizes what's actually happening. Yeah, no, I think Dave is under under this thing's control. There is something mystical going on here, and. I feel like, you know, I get the Zotrope thing, but this is something more than that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this feels like there is something that has taken Dave's control. I was uh, all aboard the Lawnmower Man train that Dave <laughs> was the maze and had some sort of ma- maniacal kind of, uh, this was a revenge story. But it turns out, I think I may have been mistaken, and that actually this is a story about uh, a guy who kind of lost his way in the world but was taken over by some sort of malevolent uh, uh, spirit and he sort of unlocked something that was beyond his control. That's where, that's where I'm going to plant my stake in there, in the ground right. on that one. 
Am I close? No. <sighs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I don't know how I would describe this movie is it's, it's like a metaphorical journey through Dave who has this problem with never finishing anything <laughs> and he has to finish this maze so they can get out of it. And so that's part of what's happening here. Oh. He's trying to finish it. And when he finishes it, my recollection is that it actually releases this, uh, zoetrope thing in the middle that somehow helps them all get out. I, it's funny because I, I so saw the it, but honestly, I can't good. quite remember. The zoetrope is the final key. Oh, yes. okay. Well, <laughs> all right. But still, it's it's a strange thing. Like, why is all of this happening? Yeah, and you know, it, it, you know, because obviously they're in it. It's. Not I don't just, want you to. I don't want you to tell me. I just want you to tell me. Does that get answered to your satisfaction at the end of this movie? You know, if. It's an interesting journey of a film. I, There's a yes or a no to this, Andy. A yes or a no. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I wanted there to be a little more to what the film was doing or saying. And when when the film resolved, it felt like, oh, that was an interesting little journey to have gone on. I don't know if I fully understood the whole thing. But man, did it look cool. Yes. It looks great. It just looks great. Everything about it looks fantastic. I, I think it's like, you know, off of this three minutes that I've invested with the movie, now 30 minutes talking to you about it <laughs> and still not knowing what the whole movie is really about. I think it looks great. And I, uh, I, I think it's, uh, it definitely one I want to, uh, I, I want to see, um, because it's wackadoo and it feels like just the kind of movie that, uh, that I might get into. Although I've been disappointed by movies that look wackadoo in the past. Uh, you know, I'm remembering we did a, a pick on our show, The Knights of Badassdom, and that had its own kind of vibe that I thought was really funny and cool and ended up being uh, disappointing on a number of levels. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm hearing here is this movie is wackadoo, and yet it's not disappointing on all the levels. In fact, you still enjoyed it. What'd you give it on Letterboxd.com? That's a great question. You don't know. Three? Three stars? Three out of five? I think I'd have to go check, but I mean, it's, Middling to fair. it's, it's it, this is a film that I, I think it's a, a fun indie film to watch. There's some really interesting stuff happening with it. Right. It's creative. It's unique. All of that stuff makes it something that is, is worth watching, even if the story is not one of the, one of the strongest, but I find it just an absolutely creative film to look at. And to that end, I would say it's a film worth investing an hour yeah. and a half in to check it out. And I will say this is the sort of film I've got to say that with stuff like the Academy Awards, I appreciate that there are some really interesting films that get nominated for production design and the stuff that they do. Um, but. Looking at what this film accomplished with their production design, I have to say, I this is the sort of film that I wish would get noticed and recognized, yes. even if it's a small film. It still deserves the recognition. I can't even remember what was nominated for for best production design last year. Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't remember. But uh, but I think you're absolutely right. It is just clever on all levels. I mean, every little detail in the cardboard. You you uh, at least in in my experience so far, you just feel like that's got to be functional somehow. Every little twist and turn of uh, uh, every little nuance, I, I I now expect to be at some level working somewhere else in the film and that's really cool it leaves you with a really fun kind of feeling yeah it really does it is a, a very um it's, it's special in that way and i i think yeah. that's something that that makes it very fun the best achievement in production design last year pete uh i can see why a film might not get noticed um okay some of them darkest hour okay, okay. sure 
we've seen we've seen World War Two before. Yeah. And Dunkirk, both of them. I mean, it's basically Beautiful. the same, the same yeah. movie, right? The, it's all the same. Period. They're just sharing. They're sharing props. I think they, I think they share footage. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, I can yeah. see that one. Lovely. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'd yeah. say yes on that one. The Shape of Water, which was the winner. Yeah. Um, sure, I would say I can understand why that might win, but still, I think you could kick out Dunkirk or Darkest Hour. We've seen period pieces look like their period pieces, but I've never seen a giant cardboard maze that was as effective as this one was. I love that you tag on that was effective as this one was. I don't remember the last time I saw a cardboard maze. <laughs> I've never seen a cardboard maze portrayed in film. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, this one was also effective. <laughs> All of that, yes. Uh, this was great. This was a great experience, and uh, I'm in for the movie. Now that I feel like I've I've done my part for King and Country here, I've seen I've done the three minutes. I now have to go actually watch the movie. Yes, now you need to go watch the uh, remaining was 117 minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> 117 minutes. Feels like there's I guess a lot it's of only movie 80, after this. So you got to watch 77 minutes. 77 okay, more minutes. That feels better. That's not too. I'm bad. we're at the end of the movie here with 69. Pretty close, yeah. We're right in the climax. Uh, yeah, the, we've got the wind in the hair and the lightning lights. Yes, of course we're near the, the end. end. Of, of course we're at the end. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, uh, that's it for Minute 69. Uh, thanks again for tuning in to, uh, again, this this crazy mystery movie, My Minute podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this is Andy Nelson. I'm Pete Wright. From the Next Real Film Podcast and the Marvel Movie Minute, signing off. Ciao. And then I could probably disarm all the traps, and then we could, we could finish this maze. Who is with me? That was Andy Nelson and Pete Wright of the Next Real Podcast taking a minute 69 of Dave Made a Maze. They may have escaped the maze. Next time on Dave Made a Minute, we've got Alan Sanders and Walt Murray of The Wilder Ride taking a minute 70. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Let's go. Wait, what? <laughs>